Hello there, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. Season two. Oh. <laughs> Hello there, everybody. It is Jewish for the day of the uh, month that is the 28th of January. I was looking at my phone. I was oh, I, I saw okay. it on right. my phone. And it is actually a Thursday, too, which I wouldn't have figured out. But the most important part of it here is that it is a newly, a newly uh, crowned, a newly deemed fortuitous Thursday. On Thursdays. On Thursdays, as our listeners know, and at least will, if they haven't already come to resent uh, what we used to do on Sundays, uh, we leave things up to fortuitousness. And, as our listeners know, we've, we've done that already. It's no, time what for what you... Oh, yeah. oh, I'm forgetting something very important. Oh, she's going to kill me. We got Estelle with us here today. Estelle Nezzi, Star Trek correspondent extraordinaire and uh, intellectual as ever. How are you, Estelle? What's up? I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, you know, fun fact of the day for me. I just tried on a dress that my great aunt made when she was a teenager in the 1950s. Wow. Um, That's really wearing history. That's historical immersion like very little else. Exactly. I was like, I'm adding it to my word. I'm taking it from my aunt. So now it's it's gone through, um, it's on its third generation now, this dress. And it's still in great shape. Fantastic. That's lovely. That's terrific. That was really cool. That is really cool. Well, it's time for What Do You Think? Each week we play a brand new release or a recent live performance that neither of us has heard, and we'll see what we think, and you at home can too. And maybe those of you at home will yada, yada, yada. Last week we listened to J-Lo's inauguration. Just yada. I'm hoping that now that we have six listeners, maybe one of them will listen one of these days. They do listen. They just don't. They just they don't never reach, reach out. out. No. Please, guys. I'm begging. What what can I do? To, here, I'll make the... I'll, I'm going to donate a significant amount of money to the charity as long as it's not a sake charity of their choice. If they'll just reach out to us. Via email at atbickersthe.gmail.com? No, you know what we really want is an anchor.fm voice message. Or any kind of audio recording of them saying hi that we can play on air. They don't have to include their names. All I need is, hello, this is, uh, they can make up a name or just use their first name from whatever city, state they're in. Uh, they can include their zip code if they want. But just someone reach out and say something. Ask us a question. We'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I don't anything? promise that. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Well, reach out and ask him a question. He's the one who cares. Yes. Okay. Last week we listened to J-Lo's inauguration performance. This week we've got a song that was first released on Inauguration Day. It's called America Vibra, and it's a collaboration between Ziggy Marley, Brazilian band Nati Roots, and Mexican actress Yalitza Aparicio. 
It's in three languages, Spanish, Portuguese, and English, and it calls for peaceful union among the people of the Americas. Let's give it a listen. No queremos muros. Nosotros somos puentes.
What do you think? That was really nice of her. I, I, I very, very rarely dislike something Ziggy Marley's involved in. I've never heard him sound more like Bob Marley than oh, on really? that one, though. I thought that huh. was very moving how That's much he sounded like Bob Marley on a on a thing that that both musically and in terms of the sentiment one could imagine uh, Marley right. singing. So right. I, I, I thought that was terrific. Vibra has a lot of different um, meanings. Uh, it can uh, it can mean all kinds of different things involving vitality, from vibrates to survives and rocks and resonates and a suggestion of energy and transformation is what Global Citizen, which is what posted the song so we could play it, uh, says about it. So it's a hmm. terrific thing, I think. Estelle, were you able to hear that at all? Uh, yeah, I could hear like mostly the rhythm. Yeah, was the thing that I could hear most clearly. Um, and it was like, I don't know, it was kind of like easy listening music to me. Um, but it was, it was funny. Like I couldn't understand, you know, anything they were saying, like even like the English, cause it was so garbled through my phone. But one of the words, I don't know what they were actually saying, but one of the words in the chorus through the (laughs) garbled mess of my phone sounded like they were saying Quajon, which is the name of a planet in Star Trek Discovery. Um, that is home to a species with very strong, like, empathic and telepathic abilities. And oh, it's featured well heavily in the third season. That's nice. Well, they, they, they are calling for a sort of massive unity. Maybe it needs to include uh, extraterrestrial beings as well. <laughs> so it seems like in calling for peaceful union among heterogeneous nations separated by distance in culture and economics... That song is right in Star Trek territory. Are there models of union among cultures on Star Trek that seem to you especially moving or important? Well, you know, I think the thing about Star Trek is like what's what's always been very interesting to me is that by the time by the timeline of Star Trek by most Star Trek shows Earth is one united people and culture and then all of these planets are joined together, you know, in the Federation. Yes. And it's like, it's even more of a melting pot of not just humans, you know, from different cultures, but people from entirely different species and worlds, you know? Um, like, it's interesting. It's like, you'll find people who express, you know, different cultures on Earth, but they are all, like, from Earth. They're all humans. They don't make as big of a distinction you know saying that they're they don't say they're from like america or england you know they say like they're from earth yes um so like i think there is definitely in terms of identity it's a much more united identity in the future of star trek we've been watching um, the first trilogy of star wars and it really struck us that the unit there is often solar systems they talk about thousands of solar systems coming together so that's even bigger than uh imagining you know planets as unified mm-hmm. well that's a and, you know oh sorry go ahead estelle dead air time galore <laughs> i was <laughs> i was just going to say i i was talking um about this the other day, if you remember when we were watching Deep Space Nine, um, uh, about how 
every other alien planet, it's like it's always presented as a single united culture we were yes. for about an entire this. planet and an entire species. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously is probably due just to the writers not having time to flesh out complex historical backgrounds for every new species they come up with. But well, it's an interesting question whether cultures would mono like shift into become more similar unite on planets if you know there were other mm-hmm. larger divisions like species ones yes right because yeah. humans all have common traits to well, us well we, we can imagine though in a future uh, in the next generation here that there'll be a lot of um, there might be a lot of skepticism about ways of thinking about uh, identity that that just assume that one species dominates for a full planet you know that that earth is heterogeneous not just in terms of different kinds of people but in all the many species that are are here and that that kind of heterogeneity is i think hard for these fictions to um acknowledge sometimes mm-hmm. like for every other species we come across it's like these cultures will have like one language one religion um one set of social norms that they all follow yes. Yes. Um, except when they're sometimes when, they're bifurcated right sometimes the planets have divisions between two competing groups true true yeah. but not more than two <laughs> no not more than two that's as much as the writers can can manage yes it, it's true like uh, you understand that the real world breathing being that the writers simply just don't have the time to dig into all of that yes but, um Yes. It would be nice to like come across an alien species that is just as diverse as you know humanity has been. Yes. Um, yes. Of course, that'd be really difficult to come up with a species that also has thousands of different languages and countries and traditions and religions. Yes. <laughs> yes. So as I said last week, we're shifting now to a new category for the two of you to give your opinion on. This time it's activism or not activism. Or perhaps we should say activism or slacktivism. Though, in fact, I learned that when slacktivism was first coined in the mid-1990s, it had positive connotations meant to suggest activism on a personal scale. By 2009, Evgeny Morozov was complaining on NPR, quote, Slacktivism is the ideal type of activism for a lazy generation. Why bother with sit-ins and the risk of arrest? police brutality or torture if one can be as loud campaigning in the virtual space, end quote. The suggestion there is that there are authentic and inauthentic kinds of activism. Let me run some examples by you, and you can tell me which you think each is, authentic or inauthentic activism, activism or slacktivism. All right. On February 25th, 2010 in Hong Kong, members of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals sat in small cages in front of a fur exhibition at a convention center. Is that activism or slacktivism? That's activism. It's just... Um... Activism. Activism, yes, you both agree? Okay. Yeah. Also in 2010, Greenpeace divers responded to the UN climate talks in Cancun by installing 400 life-sized human statues nine meters underwater off the coast of Mexico to signify the effect of rising sea levels. Activism or slacktivism? Activism. 
Activism? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, that does make, you know, a good point. Rising sea levels is a very serious issue that will not, it's not just an effect on, you know, animals and the ecosystem. It will very directly impact humans. Um, I think I just had a moment to pause to think about the resources that would go um, into creating that project. Yeah. And also, like, I assume they'll remove them eventually, but just, like, the impact that that would have on whatever place that they put installed it into. Well, um, that's the other question, but, isn't it, Dennis? What the impact cost Yes, is. yes. That's good. That's a good way of thinking about it. So there's a lot of skepticism about digital activism, but here's an example I think of as interesting. In the days approaching the 25th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre, Chinese activists sought ways to commemorate the event online in spite of strict government censorship. So they took to posting images of activists wearing black shirts, replacing the protest date June 1989 in online activity with May the 35th. That is, it was June 4th, 1989. So they replaced that with May the 35th. And they photoshopped giant yellow ducks over the tanks in the iconic Tank Man photo and distributed that widely online. This resulted in the government's banning the online use of the search terms Big Yellow Duck, May 31st, and even the word today. Is that activism or slacktivism? Certainly activism, I think. Yeah. What, um, what, what marks wow. it activism? What? What is it, what is it that marks it as activism for you? Um, impact, but also the deliberateness of the action. And risk, I would think, too, right? Yeah. I mean, they, that's real skin in the game to go up against the Chinese authorities. Yeah, certainly. Right? That. Mm -hmm. what do you what do you yes. think Estelle yeah I agree I mean if you are in a place where online platforms are heavily censored and there is in often cases serious consequences for using those platforms to speak out and use your voice I do think it's brave um, to speak out and spread awareness um, I mean I've seen many cases I've seen a lot of stories in the news about certain people activists in China like disappearing after you know making certain posts yes. or speeches um, yes. so it is the consequences the, the dangers are very real yes um, good okay here's an account by a comedian named Issy Phillips quote late last year I worked on a small music event and at the end of the night I stood speechless watching a man with a leaf blower rounding up plastic cups, straws, wristbands, and other items into a micro-dump destined for landfill. landfill. The mound of waste amassed over a single evening induced panic and distress. The thought that this was happening each night in venues all over the world was paralyzing. I confided in a friend about what I saw and how it made me feel, and from here blossomed plastic-free climate event called Hiccup. We partnered soft activism in the form of climate-conscious music and art with hard activism, donating all profits to green organizations doing impactful work on the front line. The response from our community was overwhelming. Creating a space to engage in climate action through music, dance, and art was a language people understood. It turns out you can dance and protect the planet at the same time." End quote. Do you agree? Activism or slacktivism? Uh, I would say that the, the well, let's have a stump first here. Okay, Estelle. You're stumped. 
No, I just I haven't been meaning to uh, interrupt you and go first, so I figured you should. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that is a good point. The thing about fighting against climate change and pollution is that it impacts so many different aspects of our lives and the way in which we damage our planet are, you know, it's not just, you know, like dumping chemicals into a river or giant corporations. Like it, there are a multitude of ways. And I think it's interesting to think about the impact that things like concerts and festivals and things um, have on, like, they do have a huge impact. That is a lot of waste that happens in a single day. And I do think it's um, a very interesting idea in order to consciously host events that avoid that. Um, so I do, I think that's activism. Good. I would want to make the distinction that activism was creation of the event, but not uh, necessarily that by the people attending it. I see. So just going to watch people music and dance wouldn't be activism, but the organization of the thing. Fair enough. I would also uh, dispute very strongly that uh, climate conscious music and art is inherently soft activism. Yes. Um, Good. But that's Good. a separate conversation. In the context, yes. Good. All right. Last one. In 2006, potholes were so bad in the town of Leader, Saskatchewan, that a group of local citizens made a calendar of themselves posing naked in the potholes on local roads. Is that activism or slacktivism? I guess activism. <laughs> it's technically activism. Yeah? Technically. Yeah? Because it's protesting something? Or yeah, what makes it... I mean, if we're covering it on this, then I guess the uh, calendars must have gotten some real coverage. Okay. What do you think, Estelle? I wish the people had gotten that kind of coverage, too, <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. But... Yeah, I gotta I look at one of the images. It's not a pretty sight. Yeah, I don't know. to photograph yourself naked standing in the pothole in order to draw attention to the issues about I maybe you are an activist because that's that's a lot <laughs> that's certainly um, um yeah you know i mean i think what's consistent in in a bunch of the things that you've called activism is that is skin in the game is 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 either risk or some something that demonstrates commitment and i think you know we can think of that one as commitment too a lot of skin in the game. A lot of skin, skin in the in game. game. Yeah. That's right. Good point. That's a good call. That's a very good line. Good. Huh. All right. I think that's uh, Jewishish for today, huh? What do you think? Should we do more uh, activism or slacktivism next week? Do you like that one? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. We'll do at least another week of it. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Estelle, very much. We'll see you Thank soon, you. Estelle. And, uh,. Goodbye and good luck, folks. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, my God. Wait, she has to do a Klingon word of the day. Oh, yes. Right? That's what it oh, is. Yeah. We should... We really need to come up with a distinct order because we're always going to forget. That's okay. True. That's my fault. I'll make sure to work it in next time. Okay. Okay. We got it. Here it is. Are you ready? Yes, I'm writing it down. All right. The word is... Gishabe. Spell it for me, please. J, capital I, capital S, A, capital H, 
apostrophe. Was that two B's or an B E apostrophe? B E apostrophe. Okay, got it. All right, very good. And what does that mean? It means whatever or I don't care. Oh, that's an important one for us to know. Gisabe. All right. <laughs> All right. And that's in Klingon? That is Klingon, yes. Okay. All right. All right, now we can end. <laughs> Excellent. All right, thank you, Estelle. Thanks, everybody. Leave us a message, please.